If anyone wanted to know the true meaning of the Simcha of Purim, you had to go to Mizbuj and spend Purim in the company of the Holy Baal Shem Tov, Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tov. There, a person would not only know what Purim is, but also feel real Purim joy. Many were the lucky people who got to spend Purim with the Holy Baal Shem Tov. So large was the crowd that most years there was not much left of the Purim Suda to provide food or drink for everybody, but there was plenty to drink of the endless fountain of Taira, which flowed from the lips of the Holy Baal Shem Tov. It was an experience which remained forever engraved on their minds and hearts. Every year, the Baal Shem Tov would talk about Haman and his wicked plan to destroy the Jews, Chas V'Shalom, and how Haman ended up hanging from a gallows when the Jews returned to Hashem with all of their heart and soul. Haman, the descendant of Amalek, got his power over the Jews only because the Jews turned away from Hashem and his holy Taira. But the Baal Shem Tov did not speak about Haman or Amalek of old. The Baal Shem Tov spoke about a little Haman or a little Amalek that sometimes finds his way into a person's Jewish heart and mind. Said the holy Baal Shem Tov, Amalek, you will remember, attacked the Jews soon after they left Mitzrayim and had crossed the Yamsuf, the Red Sea. The Jews were full of joy and excitement, eagerly anticipating the moment they were going to receive the Taita at Harsinai. Amalek poured cold water on this spirit of enthusiasm and joy. He raised doubts and worries in the hearts of the Jews. That is why Amalek had to be wiped out, said the holy Baal Shem Tov. And so it is in the daily life of every Jew, each one of us, doubts, worries, anything that interferes with the Jews' faith in serving Hashem with joy, that is the Amalek that tries to sneak into your heart. This inner personal Amalek has to be destroyed. Then the heart will be pure and it will be possible to carry out Hashem's holy mitzvahs and learn and daven with a full heart, with all of your heart. And then the Hamans and the Amaleks from the outside will have no power over us, concluded the Baal Shem Tov. And everyone who heard the holy Baal Shem Tov felt as if that little Amalek in their heart had disappeared. Gone were their doubts and worries, and everyone felt so close to Hashem and so full of joy. So you can imagine how happy and joyful everyone felt on that Purim in the presence 
of the Holy Baal Shem Tev. One of the happiest people there was Rabbi Meir Margolis. He was a chassid of the Baal Shem Tev. And for this Purim, he had brought with him his five-year-old son, Shaul. Shaul was a bright little boy with a sharp mind and a very sweet voice. The Baal Shem Tov placed Shaul next to him and asked him to sing. Shaul knew a very nice song, Shai Shanas Yaakov, the tefillah which is sung after reading the Megillah on Purim. This song is about the pure lily of Jacob, the Shaishanas Yaakov, meaning the Jewish people. The Jewish people rejoiced and were glad when they saw Mordechai HaYehudi dressed in purple because Hashem had been the salvation of the Jews and is our hope in every generation. Young Shaul's singing was even sweeter than the large piece of sweet honey cake which the Balshemtev gave to him. When Purim was finished and everyone prepared to go home, the Balshemtev spoke to Rabbi Meir Margolis. I know you have to return to Lemberg to take care of your kehila, but I want you to leave your young son with me for a few days. After Shabbos, in Mirza Hashem Yisbarech, I personally will bring him home to you. Rabbi Meir was very happy that the Holy Baal Shem Tov took such an interest in his son. He knew that there must have been a good reason for the Baal Shem Tov to want little Shaul to stay with him over Shabbos. Shaul was eager to stay and agreed to stay with the Baal Shem Tov. Yes, Tati, I will stay and I promise I will not cry. So Rabbi Meir Margolis, Shaul's father, left, and Shaul stayed. The holy Baal Shem Tov spent much time with Shaul and taught him Chumash, as he did once when he was a Bahelfer in Cheder, an assistant Malamid. That was before he became famous as the Baal Shem Tov. Before that time, the Baal Shem Tov did not want people to know much about him, so he could mix with simple people, Pashata Yidin, and spread his teachings secretly. He loved children. He loved to take them to Cheder, to teach them to read their olive base, to read from a Siddur, and learn Chumash with them. For the Baal Shem Tov knew that Hashem listens to the holy words of Siddur and Chumash coming out of the pure lips of young children. And Hashem gathers those words like precious jewels. For the Baal Shem Tov to spend time with Shaul was like the old times he missed so much. For now he had big children to teach, adults, many of them great Rabbanin themselves. On the morning after Shabbos, the holy Baal Shem Tov ordered his droshka, his carriage, and he and little Shaul set out to go home to Lemberg. There was still snow on the road, so the carriage glided swiftly along on the snow on two 
thick runners instead of wheels. After having traveled for some time, they passed a krechma, where they could hear peasants singing with drunken voices. Suddenly the holy Balshemtov gave the order to stop. The Talmidim that had accompanied him and young Shaul were surprised. What could they possibly do in the company of some drunken peasants? Surely they would be passing other more suitable inns on the way if they wanted to stop, to eat, or even to sleep. But of course they said nothing. The Rebbe's wish was to them a command. So they all got out of the droshka and followed the Rebbe inside. Holding young Shaul by the hand, the holy Balshemtov stood for a few moments amongst the noisy, drunken, singing peasants. Then he clapped his hands together and called out, Silence! in the language of the peasants. Immediately there was silence, and all turned their eyes on the unexpected visitors. You like singing? said the Balshemtov. Do you want to hear real singing? Listen to this boy, and you will know what real singing is. Then he turned to young Shaul and said, Shaul, sing Shaishanas Yaakov. Shaul felt that there was something special about all this, so he sang with so much feeling as he had never sung before. The peasants listened with tears streaming down their faces for Shaul's singing was the most beautiful thing they had ever heard. When Shaul finished, they sat silently for a moment, and then they burst out, clapping and calling out, Bravo, bravo, wonderful! The Balshemtov raised his hand for quiet. He then turned to three young peasant children who were about Shaul's age, and he beckoned them to come forward. What is your name? asked the Balshemtov to one of the boys. My name is Ivan. And how about yours? asked the Balshemtov to the second boy. My name is Stepan. And yours? asked the Balshemtov to the third boy. I'm Anton. Aha, said the Balshemtov. Ivan, Stepan, and Anton. Now, boys... This is Shaul. He sang for you. Do you like him? Oh, yes, we do, sir, they replied. Well, then, said the Balshemtov, remember, just like you feel friendly to Shaul now, you must always be friendly to him. Will you remember that? Yes, Rabbi, we will, said the boys. The Balshemtov and Shaul and the Talmidim then said goodbye and left. The peasants in the inn were left speechless at the sudden appearance and disappearance of the holy Balshemtov and his Talmidim. But the Balshemtov's Talmidim were also greatly puzzled. Surely there must have been an important reason for stopping in that Krechma and having Shaul sing Shoshanas Yaakov but what reason that might be they could not figure out.
they arrived in Lemberg, and Shaul was returned to his father, Rabbi Meir Margolis, and his family. The years passed. Shaul grew to manhood. Shaul Margolis was a respected and honored name, for he was a Talmud Chacham and a Gvir, a wealthy merchant, with a wife and a family of his own. Then, one year, on Tainus Esther, Shaul was hurrying home from a business trip to be in time for Megillah. He drove his horses as fast as he could as he traveled through a thick forest. Suddenly, three bandits jumped out of the thick woods and blocked the road, armed with knives and hatchets. He stopped his carriage, and two of the bandits seized him and tied him to a tree, while a third one rummaged through his carriage, looking for his money. What are you going to do with me? asked Shaul. Why, we're going to kill you, replied the bandits. Shaul pleaded with the bandits to give him a few minutes to say his last tefillah to Hashem. Pray all you want, they said. Your God will not help you now. So Shaul said vidui, while the bandits were counting the money and dividing it amongst themselves. Shaul's eyes were closed and filled with tears. He could see his wife and children before his eyes. They would be waiting for his return to celebrate Purim with him. Yet he would not be there. He always loved to read Megillah for them at home in case they missed a single word of it in Shul, and then he would sing for them Shaishanas Yaakov as he once sung it for the holy Baal Shem Tov. The very thought of this joyous Purim song made Shaul feel better. Yes, he decided, if it was time for his neshama to go away from his goof, then he wanted that to happen with Shoshanas Yaakov on his lips. Shoshanas Yaakov, Tzahol of the lily of Jacob rejoiced and was glad. When everyone saw Mordechai in purple clad, you, Hashem, have been Israel's salvation and their hope in every generation. Shaul sang with all of his heart and soul the same way he had sung all those years ago in the Kretschma for the drunken peasants when he was a little boy. When he finished, he opened his eyes and there were the three bandits standing before him, open-mouthed in wonder. He looked again, and suddenly it occurred to him that he knew who they were. You, you're Ivan, said Shaul to the first man, and you are Stepan, and, and you are Anton. He could see that the bandits had recognized him. The fierce look was gone from their faces, and in its place was wonder and friendliness. The next moment, the three bandits dropped their weapons and fell on their knees before Shaul. Please forgive us, they begged. Then they quickly freed him from his bonds and returned his money to him. 
Go now, Shaul, they said. Go in the name of Hashem. You've made us different men. There will be no more robbery for us from now on. Full of gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for saving him from certain death, Shaul hurried home. Now he knew why the holy Baal Shem Tov had stopped at that Kretschma, made him sing for the drunken peasants, and introduced him to the three peasant boys all those years ago. What a happy Purim that was for Shaul and his family, and with how much concentration and feeling did they all sing Shoshanas Yaakov after the Megillah.